This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com. The Lord, I think, really has spoken to my heart about what He wants me to bring to you, and I hope that you'll receive it that way. Uh, I'm not going to like be stressed about this or like I've got to make this happen for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just tell you what I believe to be truth. And if you're hungry and if you're ready to receive and if you have open ears to hear, I want you to to, to open them up. Uh, perhaps this will be new teaching to some of you. And so I just hope that you'll be ready to re- receive um, what I have to share with you. And and it's kind of a, a series of messages that's based off of the scripture that I actually shared last week with you on Easter Sunday. And that scripture is from Ephesians chapter one, chapter one, excuse me, verses 19 and 20. It says, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. Now you see how that song we just sang just connects. So if you paid attention to the words of the song, connects beautifully to this particular verse. Um, so now in the, in the message last week, I said to you that if I were to sum up that, those two verses, um, that's basically saying that God has all the power you need, whatever it is you need, God's got it. And it comes to us through the Holy spirit. Paul says it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And this power has a particular purpose. Uh, It's not to manipulate you, but look what he says up in verse 19, to help you, to help you who believe. God's got this incredible power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That sounds pretty incredible to me. Overcame death. That same power is available on the first Sunday of April in 2016. In fact, it's not only available on Sunday, it's available on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and throughout the rest of your life. So that's an incredible statement. And notice the first part of verse 19, it says here, I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great this power is. And so God wants us to understand something. He wants us to understand, and this is it right here, that there is more for you in Christ than just getting saved. Some of you have have given your lives to Christ and you've kind of almost said, is that all there is? I'm here to tell you that that is not all there is. His power to save us is incredible. In fact, it's the most important thing that can happen in your life is that you are redeemed, that you're born again, that you're on your way to heaven, that you have a right relationship with God established. But if you want this relationship with God to flourish, there is more for you than just getting saved. And God says here in Ephesians 1, I want you to understand this. So during this month of April, I want to talk with you about this, this incredibly great power, the power of the Holy Spirit that God says is available to help us. And like I said a moment ago, I know this is going to be a little bit new teaching for many of you. I mean, you're just getting settled into the fact that Jesus has saved you, and that's wonderful. But I I want to stretch you again and let you know that there is more for your life than just getting saved. So 
because we, we are all in different stages of our, our relationship with the Lord, our development, our spiritual development, I'm going to start very basically today to talk with you about the Holy Spirit and what, who He is, what it can mean, He can mean in your life. And then as the weeks go on, we will talk with you in greater detail about some of the, the other aspects of what this can mean in your life. So let me just say this. If this is new teaching to you, listen to what I have to say. Compare it to what you understand of the Word of God. If you don't understand anything, come and talk with me about it. If you have heard this before, don't start zoning out and saying, well, you know, I've been in Pentecostal churches before. I know all this. You may not know it all. There might be something new for you to, to learn and to glean. So I just encourage you to open your heart. In fact, let's just, let's just ask the presence of the Lord to help us even right at this very moment. Father, at this very moment, we just open our hearts and, and we're just like sponges, Lord. And we're saying, Lord, fill us. Fill us with all the truth that you have for us to know today. Fill us with your spirit. Open our hearts, our minds. Because we want this thing to really work inside of us. We want this, uh, this power to really work within us. We want this new Christian life to really work. Lord, I really want to see that in, in the lives of your people. And so I pray that you will take over in this service. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today. And we ask you to, to, uh, to really minister to us as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk, I'm going to just answer two questions. First of all is, um, who is the Holy Spirit? Um, and, and this might be really new to you, so hang on. To answer that question, I have to talk with you for a minute about the nature of God. This is what the Bible teaches us about who God is. First of all, the Bible teaches us that there is only one God. I don't think most of us struggle with that. It's one of the reasons we do missions. If there were multiple gods that got us to, to heaven or to salvation or multiple faiths, then we wouldn't need to send missionaries out in the world at all. The reality is God's word tells us that there is only one God. Uh, in fact, it says in the scripture there's only one true God. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the only true God. So it's not denying that there are other God, other faiths, other, other teachings that declare different gods. It's not denying that at all. It's just saying they're all false. It's saying that there's only one. And that just makes sense. There can't be a multiple of gods. There's only one God. And then it goes on to say that you should love him with all of your heart, soul, and strength. This is the second thing that the Bible teaches us about God. There is only one, but he exists as three distinct persons, as Father, as Son, and as Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, Paul references the three persons of the Godhead. In this verse, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There are many scriptures that would indicate that. That's just one of them. We don't have time to look at all of them. But right here you see Jesus Christ, of course, being mentioned, the Son. Uh, the Father being mentioned, at referencing in the love of God. That's the Father. And then, of course, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's interesting, this word fellowship right here. That should tell you something is different in terms of what God wants to do through the Holy Spirit in your life. He's not just here to save you. 
He is here to fellowship with you. And, you know, fellowship implies something much more intimate, does it not? Um, when I married that girl over there, we began a life of fellowship together, okay? And it wasn't just, she's my wife, now wash my clothes and make my meals, you know? That wasn't it. There was much more to it than that. I had to share my heart with her. Well, I shouldn't have said it that way. I shared my heart with her. She shared her heart. That, that's called fellowship, and it's worked for 43 and a half years for us, you know? And, um, you know, if, if you don't have fellowship like that, you probably won't last 43 years. It's, it's, the, it's the fellowship that makes that happen. Same thing is true in our relationship with God. If we don't have fellowship with him, that comes through the Holy Spirit. And it's the fellowship that connects us strongly to the heart of God and the heart of God strongly with us. And that's what will give you the ability to overcome no matter what goes on in your life. Third thing I would say about what the Bible reveals is that the Holy Spirit is fully God. Just like the Father is God, just like the Son is God. Now, I'm going to use a scripture in Acts chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, because in this particular scripture, we are, we are told about two believers by the names of Ananias and Sapphira, who were, they were followers of Christ, they were in the church, but uh, they allowed the enemy to tempt them to lie about something. They lied to the apostles about the sale of some property that they owned. And, and they lied to the apostles about how much they got for the sale of property. Now, at first, you're going to say, well, what's the big problem with that? Well, I'm going to share with you in just a moment what the problem was with it. So this is what happened. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part for yourself, part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it remain your own? And after it was sold... Was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And so what happened was people were bringing in their assets or they were selling their assets and bringing the proceeds in, giving it to the apostles, to the church, so to speak, and they were dispersing this to needy people. That's what was going on here in this particular chapter of Acts. And so Ananias and his wife Sapphira they sell their property, and they bring in a sum of money. No problem there. The problem is they told the apostles, we sold our property, and this is all that we got for our property. But in reality, it was only part of what they got for their property. So in other words, they lied about it. They pretended that they gave God all of it, when in fact they only gave God part of what they had received. And so Peter says here, and it's very interesting, he says, you have lied to the Holy Spirit in verse number three, but then also in verse number four, he goes on and, and equates the Holy Spirit with God by saying, you have lied not to man, but to God. All right, down at the very end of that, that scripture. So you have lied to the Holy Spirit. I emboldened it there and underlined so you could see that. But then he says, this lie was not to man, but to God. So in other words, he was equating um, he was equating the Holy Spirit with God. All right, so we need to understand that. So just as the Father and the Son are God, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, we call this concept the Trinity. For some of you, that'll be a, a brand new word. For others of you, you've heard it before. Uh, you're not going to find the word Trinity in the Bible anywhere, but it, it defines a biblical idea. The word Trinity means literally three out of one 
or three in one, either way. So tri, meaning three, we get that, tricycle, three, three uh, wheels. Tri, meaning one, and unity, we understand that word, being together, tri, three, unity, one. So three in one. So this God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is, is one God, but he is in three uh, distinct persons. Now, that's hard for us to understand. And so what, we have, what, what has happened is false teachings have risen through the years that have morphed or perverted this idea about God as Trinity. Because we have a hard time understanding how it can be one God in three persons, so we come up with ideas of how to either explain that away or come up with a totally new idea altogether. And so we have teachings out there that deny the reality of the Trinity. But the Trinity is all through, not only, the, um, the, not only is it through the, the, the New Testament, but it is also through the Old Testament. Um, in fact, just, just a reference in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, uh, no, I'm, I'm getting that's not in, yeah, it, how's Genesis 1-1 go? Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Lord said, let us make man in our image. He didn't say, let me make man in my image. He said, let us. I mean, that doesn't prove the Trinity, but it certainly gives you an idea that there's something different about this God that we serve. And you say, well, pastor, how in the world can I serve a God I don't fully understand? I would submit to you, do you really want to serve a God that you can fully understand? I would submit any God I can fully understand is not much of a God. That would just be my idea. He's not much of a, not that I'm stupid, but that if, if this puny brain can, can fully comprehend who God is, then he's not much of a God. And, and, I, and I don't mean to diminish you, but I would have to say the same thing about you. If you could fully understand who God is, he's, he's not much of a God. The reality is this God that we serve is, is a triune or, or one God, three out of, in one. He's a, a triune God. And there are some things about God that we have to just accept because the Bible teaches us that that's what it is, even though we fully don't fully understand it. Now, because God is spirit, he does not possess a physical body in the same way that we do. So because I possess a physical body, I'm here. You're there. I can see you. You can see me, but I am not there. I'm here. A body confines you to one space at one time, does it not? Because God is spirit, he is not confined to one space at one time. And that is oftentimes referred to as being omnipresent, which simply means present everywhere at the same time. And, and sometimes we get this idea that God is just really big, and that's why he fills everything, because he's so big. But this will blow your gaskets. He, he, as spirit, as creator, he created time. So he is outside of time. We are inside time. That'll blow your, your mental gaskets. How in the world is he outside of time? That's what makes him eternal. And that's how we are going to be eternal as well. So since God 
it does not have a physical body, he is able to be with us anywhere and also in us. With us? So when we talk about like the church building, some people say it's the house of God. No, it's not. It's the house of the church. You are the house of God. You are the dwelling place of the spirit. God doesn't live in this building. Building. He showed up here. Well, I mean, his presence is everywhere, but he really showed up when you came in. You brought him in with you. Okay. So his spirit fills us when we give our lives to Jesus. So when you give your heart to Christ, he's forgiven you of your sins. You become holy before him. The spirit of God lives within you, and he is with you wherever you go all of the time. And knowing that is incredible. To me, it's exciting knowing that when I leave here, I'm not leaving the presence of God. The, the Holy Spirit is going with me when I go to work tomorrow, when, when I go to school tomorrow. The Holy Spirit's with your kids, you know. Oh, what if something, you know, the, God is with your kids at school tomorrow. Isn't that wonderful? You can trust the Lord with every aspect of your life. He's with you when you drive on I-15. God knows you need him there, huh? So, so if you have to go on a dangerous road getting home, the Lord's going with you. And he's not ducking. He's, he's out there in charge. And that's possible because the Holy Spirit is God. So the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is not a thing. If you call the Holy Spirit it, let me encourage you to quit calling him that because that's offensive. If you called me an it, that would be offensive to me. The Holy Spirit is a person just like I'm a person. And, he, and, and we need to relate, start thinking differently about what the Holy Spirit can mean in your life. And, and so, anyway, uh, when I talk to you then about Ephesians 1 and, and about this great, incredible power that he says is available to help us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, when I talk with you about that, what I'm really talking with you about is the Holy Spirit's role in your life. That's what he's talking, it was the Holy Spirit that, animated, reanimated Jesus and brought him back to life. The Holy Spirit can bring anything that's dead in you back to life again and empower you in such a way as you have never experienced in your life before. And, and so this I can tell you, you need have no fear for what God will do in your life or what he desires to pour in your life. There are, there are, a lot of people who have fear about this. The devil has put fear in the hearts of many of God's people. And so all they want is to be saved. I don't want to go into that kooky stuff. You know, all they want is just to be, just to know they're on their way to heaven. It's good enough for me. Don't, don't, don't be fanatical about it. And the devil's put a fear in people. In fact, there are churches all over that will not talk about this because they're so afraid of this. And I think one of the reasons for that is that some Christians leave a very, a very bad impression of what it means to be spirit-filled. What I'm saying is you don't have to be afraid of letting the Holy Spirit take control of your life. He's not going to make you any more odd than you already are. In fact, he might improve you a little bit if you are a little odd. I don't know. Go back to Ephesians 1. His only purpose is to help you. Now, we have this saying, and it was maybe more popular 15, 10, 15 years ago than it is today, but we still say it around our church anyway. We say it once in a while. 
and you guys complete it. God is good. And all the time. Now, if you really believe that, if you really believe that God is good all the time, then whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in you is a good work because he is God. All right? You can trust him. You can trust him with your life. And that brings me to the second thought. What can the Holy Spirit do for me? Well, Life Church is a church that teaches and believes that the Holy Spirit is active and involved in our lives to the degree that we allow him to be. Some of us haven't allowed him to do too much. Some of us um, need to really expand his involvement. Some of us have gotten some bad teaching about how he wants to move in our, and work in our lives, and we need to bring some correction to that. But, you know, we all have to be corrected. None of us are perfect, so we all have to be corrected here and there. But anyway, uh, we want you to know that it's not a Sunday thing, it's a daily thing. On a daily basis, God wants to work in your life. And I think we need that today more than we ever have. We face incredible opposition to our faith in our culture today, more so than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And, um, you know, we, we, we face incredible temptation, especially sexual temptation, that's thrown in our face all the time on billboards, on the Internet, television shows, pop culture values are just, they're rampant. Some of us believe in those things, and it's destroying our, our walk with God. And so because of that, we, we need God's spirit. How can we overcome the resistance of our culture? How do we overcome the temptations that's out there? How do we make uh, wise choices? Well, first of all, we have to understand we have a responsibility as Christians to, to make wise choices before the Lord. But secondly, we have to understand that that will only happen as we open our lives up to the Holy Spirit, helping us to make wise choices. I will tell you that on pretty much a daily basis, maybe an hourly basis in my life, I'll have the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, don't say that. Don't go there. Don't be that way. Don't respond like that. All the time. And there have been times that I've really responded well to that and times that the word is out of my mouth before I even feel the touch. But I tell you, the more you, you get the Holy Spirit and get, and get uh, sensitive to what he's saying to you, the quicker you'll be able to respond so that you will not say the thing, you will not do the thing, you will not react the way that you want to react. So on our own, we are no match for Satan. We've got to have the Holy Spirit's power. And, and so and I think that's why Jesus said in John 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now, what's he talking about here? He's saying that at, he's talking to his disciples and he's getting them ready for the fact that he's going to be leaving. And, and so they're not fully comprehending it. But what he's identifying here, he's saying, I'm the helper. I've been a helper to you for the last number of years. But I'm leaving. But I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send another helper. And this other helper that Jesus is referring to here is, of course, the Holy Spirit. The word helper in the Greek is the word paraclete. Maybe you've heard that before. And it just simply means one called alongside to help. So Jesus is promising that he is going to send a helper who will walk alongside us in this life to help us 
to strengthen us, to, to uh, empower us always. And that's who the Holy Spirit is. He has been sent to help us in our lives and our walk with Christ. You know, some, sometime back I was in prayer and, and to tell you the truth, I was a bit frustrated uh, I had been praying for God to work miraculously in our church, and, and specifically I was praying for some of you who, are, who have some heavy physical issues and needs in your life. And, and I was, I was uh, being honest, I was frustrated with the fact that I wasn't seeing the, the power of God moving like I really wanted to see the power of God move and the miracles of God moving the way I really felt like they needed to move. And I, I kind of said in frustration in my own spirit, I said, Jesus, I believe that if you were here today, you would walk right up to that person and you would touch them and you would heal them right there on the spot. I believe that, Lord. What's wrong? What's wrong? And then all of a sudden, it's like a witness of the Holy Spirit comes to me, this word that says, Jesus is here. He is here. No, he's not here in bodily form. He's not here physically, but he is here through his spirit. That's this other helper. In fact, the Holy Spirit is often referred to in Scripture as the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ. That's who this Holy Spirit is. He's the presence of Jesus with us today. No matter where you go, no matter what you're facing, no matter the pain you have in your body, Jesus is with you through whatever you're going through, and he will see you through it. In fact, go back now again to John chapter uh, 14 verse 16 you'll notice that Jesus said here I'm going to send you another helper the word another here is a form of a, of a Greek word which means one of the same kind so Jesus is saying you have seen me walk the planet you've seen me heal people I am sending another someone just like me who's going to come and fill all of you. It's not just going to be Jesus in the flesh going around talking to people and ministering to people. I'm going to flow through all of you. I'll be one. He'll be one of the same kind who is going to flow through your life, into your life, out of your life to touch other people. The Holy Spirit, this is what I want to say, is not some diminished form or inferior form of God. It's not like, well, we've been stuck with the Holy Spirit in, in our world today. And I've heard that kind of before. People don't mean it this way probably, but I've heard people say to me, I sure wish I lived during the time that Jesus lived and, see, and saw the miracles and heard him talk. And, 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 oh, I would have loved to have been alive when Jesus walked on the earth. It's kind of like they think that they've been shortchanged because the disciples had Jesus in the flesh and all we get is the Holy Spirit. But that's just not true. The Holy Spirit is one of the same kind as Jesus himself. He is not inferior. He is not a diminished form of God. He is as much God as the Father is God. He is as much God as the Son is God. God didn't leave the planet 
when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the Father, God came in greater form through the power of the Spirit. And the Bible says he is here to dwell within us and to empower us to be victors in our lives. So what will the Spirit do for you? That's, the, that's what I asked that in the second point here. Let me just share a few of these things that I believe the Spirit will do in your life. Number one, he'll bring salvation to your soul. Praise God. Two, he'll make Jesus more real to you than you have ever known. Number three, he'll guide you into truth. Number four, he'll give you strength. Number five, he'll give you victory over your addictions. Number six, he'll give you victory over your temptations. Number seven, he'll give you power to witness for Christ. Have you ever been struggling with with witnessing maybe to your co-workers or your neighbors you say i don't know what to say the holy spirit will be the one who will not only give you the words to say but he'll give you exactly the right time and you'll sense him guiding you as to when to speak to that individual and exactly what to say to them and they may or may not at that moment receive christ but some of them will some of them will They'll receive what you have to say, but even if they don't, you've planted a seed that somebody else will water and somebody else will reap the harvest and they'll still make it to heaven. Hallelujah. It'll be great. Number eight, he'll comfort you when you hit a crisis. Number nine, he'll convict you when you get off track in your life. I need that. I need the Holy Spirit to convict me when I get off track. Number 10, he'll open your eyes to the supernatural. You'll begin to start seeing things from a supernatural point of view rather than just from a natural point of view. And that's what we've got to have. The natural point of view, it will never give you the victory that you have to have. You can't just sit down and cleverly try to figure things out. You've got to have insight from the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul just comes to my mind, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, though we live in the war world, we do not wage war as the world does. On the contrary, the weapons that we use have divine power to the tearing down of strongholds. Our problem is too many of us wage this war with the weapons of the world. And, and that gets us nowhere. We don't have victory. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives you the ability to see a supernatural answer to an issue that seems to be physical only in nature. Number 11, he'll bring miracles to your life. Number 12, he'll glorify Christ. Hallelujah. He will glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe the Spirit of God wants to glorify Jesus Christ in your life today, right now, by meeting the needs of your life. I, I want to take you back to Ephesians 1, where Paul says, I pray you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help you who believe. If you believe, it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly place above every ruler and dominion and power out there. That power is available to help you and to help me. And that's how he glorifies Christ. So some of you today, you have got some heavy needs in your life. You're bound by sin. Or maybe you've given your heart to Christ and you're still bound by the old life. You still give in to the strongholds of your old way of life. Or maybe, or maybe it's just uh, addictions have, have got power over you. Maybe you're, you, you've got a physical need and you, just, you need a healing touch from heaven. Whatever it is, maybe you need freedom from fear and freedom from anxiety and depression. 
God wants to set you free from these things. And you've got to, but notice he says, his power is available to those who believe. you got to believe for it. If you sit back saying, ah, well, that sounds good, but I don't know. You know, whatever. Not going to happen for you. you got to believe. You've got to have a witness of the Spirit within your heart right now that says, you know what, this is for me. God is speaking to me today. This is my chance. This is my opportunity to receive something special from the power of God, from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. And in the last moments of this service, I am going to pray for you and believe God that this incredibly great power will be released in your life. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.